Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. This is Dumpty Dum, the show with the reality dotted drama that are centered on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the freelance work who is Royfield Brown, and with me I have the vocation that is Kerry Warbis and the board member who goes by the name of Peter Fickling. And this week's menage a trois, who put the pampas grass here, is you folks. This week's Dumpty Dum is from Helen from Rotherham, accompanied on percussion by one-year-old Nathan. Smashing, wonderful, beautiful Dumpty Dum from mother and son. Now, Kerry, if there is another mother and son combo, maybe it's a mother and daughter, maybe it's father and son, father and daughter, who knows what the combo is, and they'd like to send us in a Dumpty Dum, how can that be done? You see, culture does happen in Rotherham. If you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum or leave us a plot prediction, then call us on 0203 031 3105, leave us a message on SpeakPipe or send a text message starting with Dum to 077 862 Thanks to our social media supremos, Cosmo for his podcast roundups, Mike Hatton for his character counts, Shambridge for her voices and Lucy B. Freeman. On this week's blockbusting episode, we hear views from Ambridge Pony Club in Ireland, Dusty, who's in southwest London, Glyn, who's in Derbyshire, Jacqueline Bertot, who's in Brittany, Matthew Weir, who's in Porto, Pat Brown, who's in Leeds, and Red Agnes, who's up north somewhere just outside of Manchester. Uh, we have our hot topic of the week, and it is who exactly would take up Steph's offer scene as Freddie and Lily are not interested. Hold on to your hats for that one, folks. But first, it's Amber's week. That was Ambridge. Hello, Dumpty Dum. I'm Amber, and on This Week in Ambridge... Helen tries to convince Kirsty to just trust the police to do their job. 
Ah yes, because we all know how affirmatively the police act when it comes to missing vulnerable people who no one is looking for. Gavin has handed himself into police to evilly conspire against poor, not guilty Philip, saintliest and most benevolent of men. That is, until you dare challenge him, in which case you're a sanctimonious cow and he is a nasty pasty. Mince and Lizzie are on the piss, and Russ is unhappy at their reaction to his potential new exhibition, the Edinburgh Woollen Mill on tour. Mince offers to buy one of the Woolly Jump knitted installations for his home, but doesn't miss the opportunity to demolish arrogant Russ for his snobbery by flexing his own enormous art muscles. And that was the week in Ambridge. Thank you for that, Amber. I must admit, I'm, I'm all at sea with this one. But Pete Ficklin wrote it, so we're going to discuss it. <laughs> Who would take up Steph's offer, seeing as Freddie and Lily are not up for it? Pete Ficklin, over to you, sir. Uh, well, before we um, talk about Linda and Robert, um, who I think definitely <laughs> would be up for it, um, let's just take a moment to think about Freddie. I mean, the lack of adventure. It's a bit disappointing. I, I genuinely was surprised that he wouldn't sort of um, be, you know, I was about to say going in with both feet, but that is probably <laughs> very unlikely and very uncomfortable. But yeah, um, I mean, it, these offers don't grow on trees if you're not looking for them, I don't think. I mean, even with the internet, I mean, maybe I'm sort of um, showing my age here, but uh, I mean, would you not have given it a go when you were that age? I think maybe he would do that. But, you know, yeah. Steph is Vince's daughter. Perhaps that was the only thing stopping him. Yeah, would nine-year-old nine-year-old me, how would I have dealt with one of my stepfather's relatives cracking on to me? That's the question. I don't, you know, I probably would have, I probably would have said yes, actually. I mean, I was a... Nine-year-old? Yeah, nine. I don't know. I mean, I was quite an adventurous kid. I'm not the coward I am now. I mean, now I would run a million miles. I don't, it would scare me. I was about, again, again, rigid. This is a very awkward conversation to have. Um, <laughs> Peter, Freddie is older than nine. I just need to tell you that. I know he sounds like he's nine. That's a whole other hot topic, isn't it? It's kind of like, you know, sort of the Freddie, the complicated soul, you know, one minute, the innocent, next minute, the wise old jailbird. I was having a little bit of a think about um, who might be into it. And it, it was immediately just like, who wouldn't I want to have sex with? So I was thinking like Pat would be, she'd be very, I bet poor Tony is like, not like that, Tony, from behind, no rougher, but, you know, <laughs> for God's sake, man, put, put your back into it. You know, it would just, I think she'd be, she, I think she would really love it. Lots of people to boss around, tell, you know, how they were doing it wrong, how they could be doing it better. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagined Russ would make everyone hold mirrors up so that he could be in some kind of like, you know, Bruce Lee sort of, you know, He'd probably be wearing, you know, a sort of crotchless yellow jumpsuit or something. I, I mean, who else? I could go on. Tom just said that he could rather limply crack sausage jokes endlessly or something. I don't know, you know, because he's such a weak sense of humour. I mean, who, who else is there? Neil. Neil, I think I think Neil is a one woman woman man, and we we were sort of before we started, we were talking about it's actually the people who mm. who you know are oversexed. I think are probably sort of happily. I mean, is a threesome sometimes a sticking plaster to to a sort of like a failing love life? Not always. I know some people do it very happily, but is it occasionally? I have no experience on this matter at all. But no. but we were kind of speaking a little before this, weren't we? As you've just said about the type of person who might sort of go, oh, actually, yes, or be, have been doing it all the time uh, quite happily. And yeah. thinking yeah. about the um, 
village inhabitants, I don't think there is anyone amongst them who would be like that. Or will we be surprised? Alan. A couple of... <laughs> Alan is the stu- he's, if he had a confessional box, he would be using the hell out of it. I mean, Alan, I think, is probably swinging like a you know an the orangutan. Snells. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can see the snells having pampas grass in their front garden. I mean, again, like um, maybe Jolene and Kenton. Yes, Kent. There you go. I think Kenton. He would ah. love to be sort of like you know slapping some guy on the bum while you know he's sort of <laughs> servicing Jolene and sort of well saying well done, mate, in a slightly preposterously <laughs> laddie way or something. <laughs> it definitely wouldn't be David and Ruth. I can oh. I can, can back back oh, all David, my David does not have does, David does not have enough lead in his pencil for that. Um, I would just like to correct myself when I said you know I think that there are people who do it because it's you know they're of a like mind and they're lucky mm. enough to have found someone who's of a like mind, or it's one you know the cliche one person is sort of pushed for it and the other person is going along to kind of facilitate someone else's yeah. wants. So you're either looking for someone who desperately wants it or a couple who would be very easy in that. Mm. And I think yeah, Linda and Robert, yes. Yeah, Pat I mean, might be a dominatrix, as you were mentioning, couldn't she, perhaps? Yeah, poor Tony. I mean, it's bad enough being married to her. Now we've, now we've had to imagine him having sex with her as well. That's just awful. Justin and Lillian, absolutely, 100%. Oh, yes. Matching tracksuits. Yes. <laughs> but those Chippendale ones you can rip off from the ankles. So the two of them just walk <laughs> into the bedroom, grab their ankles, and poof, they're both naked in yeah, half a second. that is the answer, isn't it? I'd forgotten all about their existence because they, they there, haven't been in it in front for a of while. Us, yeah. It's obvious. Hello, Ambridge 3962. First off, we go to the EU, and it's sunny Portugal. It's Matthew Weir in Porto. Greetings, all Dumpty Dummers, Roy Field and lovely co-hosts. It's Matthew here in northern Portugal. For me, there were two main takeaways from this last week in Ambridge. Firstly, all the infighting between the rewilding bunch. Phoebe may have branded the board at BL dinosaurs, but it was another, more familiar dinosaur, a Victosaurus rex, that roared loudest. This time, he didn't use his tiny arms to post hate online or throw his toys out of his wheelbarrow. That fell to Pip, whose bluff was brilliantly called by the fair brother brother. She had best cooperate, or else she might become the subject of a series of scathing one-star reviews on the recently purchased Borchester domain, Pip Advisor. Meanwhile, over at Lower Loxley, the meat mogul's daughter, Steph Casey, offered Freddy a free love freeway stroke four-way, or as it's known in Casa Casey, a menage abattoir. Oy. Surely Vince himself is a part of this too. May please the court evidence includes mildly creepy comments about how Lily was attractive as Elizabeth, picking out his daughter's wedding dress, his ability to calm Russ's artistic temper when it reached one of its three various boiling points, and perhaps most worrying of all, his cozying up to David over a pint and a slash. One usual impediment to this would be David's insistence that all fetish wear should be woolen. But luckily that falls within the remit of Vince's new textile artist buddy, Jacob Portland of Stoke. Could the wedding now become some hybrid of Eyes Wide Shut and the Wicker Man? With Freddie handling the dicks, sorry, decks, <laughs> Steph, Liam and whoever else frotting wildly to a mashup of New Order's Bizarre Love Triangle and the Wurzels Drink Up by Cider. And Vince hanging from the barn beams in his knitted man-side Sparrowhawk suit. Think about it. By day, the man presides over warehouses full of swinging meat. Who's to say he stops when the clock strikes five? Stay safe, everyone. Ciao, Genshi. E obrigado. 
this is why I encouraged Matthew with sort of slightly bullied him into ringing in. Isn't that? Immense. that... He's immense. Wow. He's immense. I mean, wow. I, I, I'd say it every single time, but it, he's shamingly good. Swinging meat, ab- menage abattoir. Yeah. Thanks, Roy, <laughs> for, for putting that right next to our <gasps> chat about that. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. just so is. And all fetish wear should be woolen. <laughs> Oh. I was made to wear um, woolen swimming trunks um, at, the, at the, the sort of zenith of my puberty. And I, it's a scarring experience I've never got over. But anyway, that's a Peter, who made, who made you do that? That's awful. My grandmother made me wear uh, my grandfather's knitted. She'd knitted them. And it was, um, wow. it was in uh, early January as well. So <laughs> my, my, that my sort of little Peter was not, a, was not impressed. <laughs> Where oh, were you in a in a swimming pool inside? Or no, outside? no, 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 no. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. Crucial detail. Christchurch Beach. Good grief! Everything about this is horrific. Yeah, this, it's it's all easily explainable. My terrible personality is very easily explained. <laughs> all I need to do just take five minutes to tell you a few childhood stories, and it all slots into place. Oh, but anyway, God. I'm distracting from the magnificent Matthew Weir. Well, I just think we can't top it with no, any no, comment, no. honestly, other than to just. It just just stands alone, doesn't it? Royfield, how do we gradually sort of just sort of retreat and just allow Matthew to absorb more and more of the show? Yeah. (laughs) Until eventually it's just 90 solid minutes of Matthew (laughs) reading, um, you know, very well scripted, but, you know, still slightly, you know, with with lightly touched and sort of elegant um, prose. What we do is uh, we ask him from Porto in northern Portugal, oh, the city that gave us port. Oh, and also the name of the country. We go to Glyn, who I believe is up in Derbyshire. Hello, dum-dum. It's Glyn here. I'm not on location this week. Um, I've got a few things on at the moment, so there'll probably be a short break from me after this week. On the Archers, last week in my call, I criticised Helen for how she had dealt with Kirsty, and the esteemed hosts did not agree with me, but that's fair enough. Um, this week, though, I give you Natasha, who, unlike Helen, did not try to shut Kirsty's behaviour down, but in a very matter-of-fact manner, uh, offered Kirsty support. And by the end of Thursday's episode, I think we could hear Kirsty becoming more rational about, rational about what she was doing, and to some extent questioning it, and... Therefore, I think there's a definite gold star to Natasha, and I rest my case. Then we have to talk about Pip. Many of us will realise at some point in our career or business life that we need to move on, and I have no issue with that. But where it has a significant impact on others, I hope most of us would take that very seriously and do whatever we could to minimise the impact on them. I'm afraid Pip seemed insouciant about leaving the rewilding and her suggestion to Ruth that they might um, take back the land was, uh, in my view, appalling. If she's doing this because of Rex's post, that's very immature and otherwise it's just plain bad behaviour. Well, that's all from me. Uh, Thank you very much for the podcast. And I hope to be back shortly with more location spots, etc. Bye. Lovely Glyn. Yeah, the Natasha thing was great, wasn't it? She totally stepped up where Tom had said, I will help her. 
and then decided not to at the last minute. And I've got a bit of a um, comment about that and other quitters um, after this. But anyway, um, and then, yeah, Pip, of course, moving on is fine. It's how you do it, isn't it? And she, if this is revenge because of Rex's small post on social, it was all over social media um, that he deleted anyway and was really regretful about, then what is she doing? I honestly don't know. I loved how stunned she was when Rex said, actually, can you ask your solicitor to draw up a new tenancy agreement, please, for this change of relationship? And she was totally floored by that. Yeah, knocked backwards. Mm. It was um I was very I was quite moved by um Natasha's um the whole the whole scene with Natasha and Kirsty. Mm. And I yeah, I agree with Lynn wholeheartedly that she was you know it was it was very affecting and it was exactly the right thing to do just to listen and let the person find their own way and you know and you could you can tell that Kurt, you know the the winds kind of like so you know all of Kirsty's bombast kind of kind of blew away at that moment she kind of deflated yeah. slightly. Um, and then yes, and, and as is always the case with the archers, you know the, everything balances out, don't you? You've got Natasha and um, Kirsty showing empathy and kindness, and then across mm. the across the village, you've got Pippin. It was just it's quite weird. I, I mean, I I know we go on and on about how much we dislike her, but how can we not when this when this is what mm. we're, we're presented with? I mean, it and and, he, and even Ruth, and again, you know, Ruth was nice this week. David was nice the week before. Natasha's shown a loving side. It's all been you know a bit upside down but um even ruth was just like you know you're taking a ball home you're being an idiot this is mm-hmm. you know she was quite and it wasn't it was it was immediate and without any sort of hesitation no so i know ruth's not exactly the most affectionate mothers of mothers but she didn't even yeah. she did say didn't she um you're not even giving yourself enough chance or space to perhaps change your mind yeah um she was being a bit pig-headed about it wasn't she um but the thing about quitting so Pip's quit the rewilding and I noticed like Shula, obviously she's quitting or perhaps quitting her vocation of vicarship and Tom quit the help that he'd offered to Kirsty. And I thought, what do these three people have in common? They're all archers. Yeah. Evil, evil archers. <laughs> Why are they doing this when there's been a slight bump in the road? Yeah, how are we supposed to keep on giving them a fresh chance when the scriptwriters keep on making them, you know, more and more obnoxious caricatures of themselves? I mean, mm. it, and, you know, to some extent, the reverse happens, doesn't it? Linda gets lovelier and lovelier. How can we love Jim more? Um, it actually, and no, I'll take it back slightly. Russ has been quite likable recently. I sort of, I, you know, he's been very, very entertaining. Yeah. I tell you what I'm looking forward to, though, which I really hope happens, is um, Peggy going nuts with Pip. I'm really yeah. hoping because, you know, she's given this chance, she's given this money and Pip's gone, no, thanks. I'd like to spend more time on other things and I'm going to take that land back probably. I really yeah. want Peggy to go postal with Pip. Let us go on, folks, to our Pat Brown, who is uh, also fiddling around with Dum Dum on the Twitter. So uh, big ups to you, Pat Brown. I, be- I believe you're manning the decks for us today. Anyway, here is our Pat. She's in Leeds. Hello everyone in Dum to Dum Land, it's Pat from Leeds here. This week seems to be about doing good and being the goodest at doing good. Shula's been agonising about doing the right thing and Freddie and Natasha have just got on with actually doing it. 
I do feel that people um, knock Shula a bit too much. I think she just has this terrible struggle all the time with herself. She must be quite unhappy most of the time. But I don't see her as a bad person. She's trying to do the right thing, bless her. Anyway, what I liked about Natasha was that she she had the right idea. She saw what Kirsty wanted to do and she went along with it and backed her and didn't try to argue with her. And it reminded me of when Lizzie was trying to appeal Fred's sentence and she was going around trying to get another solicitor. And I've forgotten who advised who. I think it was Jill. And it might even be she advised Shula, but I can't remember. And she said, if that's what Lizzie wants, go with it. Help her. This is what, you know, okay, we might not agree it's the right thing, but go with it. And I think that's what Natasha has done. And in a way, that's helped Kirsty to, to actually question what she's doing and think about it more, which is what you want. The only other thing I wanted to say was that years ago, there was a homeless couple that stayed in, um, they squatted basically in a Brookfield cottage. It might even be where Pip lives now. And Phil and Jill fell out over it quite a lot because Jill was trying to help them. And Phil wasn't very keen. He was a magistrate. And I think one of them had come up before him or something. Anyway, it's not a new thing. So I'm going to go and plant some pampas grass. Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs> go, Pat. Uh, does pampas grass grow well in Leeds? Pat, please, please let us know. I think if that's if that's your lifestyle choice, you'll put as you know you'll spend as much as you need on manure and fertilizer as you have to keep that pampas growing. I wonder if it's ever come up on Gardener's Question Time on Radio Four how, how to cultivate the pampas. Yeah, the being good thing, Shula agonising, Freddie and Natasha just doing it, just being good. You know, she has obviously got a point, our Pat, about Shula. She's just not really a very happy person, is she? She's Pat always agonising about everything. Yeah. Mm. It's, the, it's yeah. when Lizzie threw her faith back in her face. Yeah. And I was thinking about why I find Shula's faith irritating, even though in real life I'm, you know, very. I'm an atheist, but I'm fully, I really, I miss singing in church. I used to go to church a lot when I was a kid. And I miss mm. there's things about this, the ceremony, the companionship. My, my, my mother, yeah. lovely mother-in-law, she goes every week. I'm jealous of that. Uh, of all of the community that she has. And I, I am really quite positive about religion, but there's a certain type of believer who really rubs me up the wrong way. And I think Shula is one of them. Mm. Um, I fully support people's lifestyle choices, taking drugs, doing whatever they want. I'm a little less forgiving of dealers. And I think I feel the same way about religion. The, the, the people who enjoy religion, fine. It's the people who are kind of pushing it. Maybe I'm a bit more. Uh, yeah. Well, but... one thing, because oh, I, going to disagree with you massively here I, I agree with your fundamental analysis about um religion and people who are accepting and whatever Shula's not a religion pusher she's not and and the thing about the whole story of Shula and her coming to the good book the lord the church whatever is that it's incredibly christian she's like a doubt in thomas she has questioned her faith People who are tub thumpers and are insufferable about religion never doubt their faith. Shula doubts it all the time. She's a Saul on the road to Damascus in that she's had she has these points where she's confronted by her weakness of faith. And then with her wanting to understand more what it is to be part of the Christian fellowship. I'm not a Christian either, but I can clearly see 
that within the story of Shawla is somebody who's forever questioning. And Pat is onto something when that we are too hard on the woman because we've all conveniently forgotten when Freddie came out of Clink, she she really helped give him the confidence that he now has. Yeah. He didn't want to beface anybody in the village. And she says, no, you're my nephew. And, you know, you can come and stop with me because he couldn't couldn't be at home. And he got so much solace mm. and strength from his auntie Shula. We haven't forgotten it because it was in the episodes this week, wasn't it? But um, that was... But no, but I think but with the whole damning of Shula, and she is boring, yeah, uh, that we do forget that... And also, she she's somebody who is, um, what's the expression, um, a do-gooder. And I've never really understood the reason why. And she might be a namby-pamby do-gooder. She's not an activist like Kirsty who goes out there and rolls her sleeves up. It's virtue signalling, Royfield. Well, well, yes, it is. You know what? That's the problem. But but taking in her nephew wasn't. And trying to help Daryl. Her nephew, though. Yeah. But when she tried to help Daryl, she was doing that out of the goodness of her heart. She wasn't doing it from a place where she was trying to get the applause from the village. She actually wasn't. Now, did she do the right thing? Probably not, but she came from a really good place. And I just think that I think I'm, I completely agree with Pat in that we have too much of a go. And as I said, I, as I was about to say, I've never understood the reason why calling somebody a do-gooder is a, is, is, is a bad thing, because I'd rather be known as a do-gooder and fail as opposed to somebody who doesn't give a crap. There's the literal meaning and then there's the, the what you're trying to say. When people say you're a do-gooder, they don't mean, oh, you know, for shame, you're doing good. They mean, mm. oh, we know all about it, don't we? You can't, you couldn't spend 30 seconds in Shula's time without hearing about Jesus and her love for him. I mean, I disagree. You, you, I disagree. Also, also I, Shula herself said... It all sounded so sanctimonious when I rethought what I was saying to uh, Lizzie. And even Kerry Davis on Twitter, someone said, oh, I bet you enjoyed writing that line, didn't you? And he just replied with a smiley face emoji. (laughs) He knows he's writing it. I don't disagree with Pat. Let's can we make that very clear before before you know? And I'll say it. I might say it a few more times, so it's more difficult for Royfield to get rid of it. Um, I 100% agree with Pat. We are too harsh on Shula, but the the criticism is to some extent fair. Maybe we're just a bit too keen to express it. Mm. Well, anyway, uh, let let us let us move on. Let us move on. And uh, from Pat Brown in Leeds, we go over to the Emerald Isle. Uh, it's Ambridge Pony Club. Greetings, Royfield, Kerry, Peter, Philippa, and anyone else who's helping out this week. Just calling in to say how terribly sorry I am that the Zoom call was interrupted in the way it was, and to hope that you are all okay. I had young ears listening, so I'm afraid I had to bail pretty quickly and didn't hear what happened. But I'm just so sad that that happened. Ben was so generous with his time, and he was absolutely delightful up to that point. And I really appreciate all that Royfield's doing to bring a little entertainment and enjoyment into the lives of those of us who are shielding like myself he's been absolutely amazing throughout this whole covid thing and we really appreciate everything you do and it's so unfair when these disgusting people decide to interrupt these calls i've no idea why anybody would do such a thing it's absolutely disgusting and um just to say i hope you are all okay and thanks very much for everything that you do um also calling in my suspicions that Alistair is an absolutely crap vet confirmed. I could not believe where he and Shula were having a laugh over, oh, Banjo's okay now. 
gosh, it wasn't a bad back. It was it was gastric ulcers after all. I mean, bit of a misdiagnosis. You're going to be a bit upset, you know, if your GP can't decide whether to get out the tiger balm and send you to a physiotherapist or get out a bottle of Gaviscon. Bit of a major difference there. Gastric ulceration, bad back. I mean, you'd have only had to put the horse through an incredibly dangerous and expensive surgery if it was the kissing spine. So thank God for some reason he did put it on a bit of gastroguard instead. Um, that village needs a new vet. Um, don't think they should really bring back Anisha, but that's another, that's another story. So anyway, just hoping that you're all safe, well and happy out there. And again, thanks, Roy Peel, for everything you do. And we really do appreciate it and hope you're all all right. Ah, yes. Harry, can we just get, we just need to record the uh, the 30 seconds of us saying we want a, just a special of Ambridge Pony Club talking specifically about Alistair and all of the bad mm. vets and all of the bad um, animal husbandry decisions that go on. Um, yes. You know, is, Ruby ex- is Ruby exercised enough? Um, you know, uh, it's, because I, I would, I, I would, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a part of the show that obviously is part of the original remit. But mm. as casual listeners, I mean, we just take it as read. The archers have said this is how we should, you know, you should treat horses. So us idiots just think, oh yeah, that's it. You know, <laughs> is our herbal lays a good thing? Um, are polytunnels good or bad for the environment? All of this stuff, I just, you know, mm. I just take as as delivered. Yeah, I. Must admit, um, I didn't even notice any reference to gastric ulcers or banjo in the episodes last week. I heard that Alistair scraping tartar off um, some teeth, and I thought at first it was shoeless teeth he was dealing with, and then uh, it would explain the failed relationship, wouldn't it? Possibly, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it seemed to be that a horse was present, so I presume it was the horse who had the tartar. But I can't remember about the gastric ulcers. But yeah, I mean, if if it, if that is actually very very badly incorrect, uh, I don't know why that would be. Yeah, and and I like the way that Ambridge Pony Club. Um, sorry, I can't call her Jen. It's, it same feels weird. She's just mm. in my head, Ambridge Pony Club. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, when um, Jen was saying that, she says that you can hear there's a sort of tigerish passion in her voice. Yeah. She's really quite angry. It's like so it. fundamental this error. Yeah, like, it's, it's not. Oh my god! Of, yeah. It's like you know maybe the kids have missed a meal because she's sort of just trying to give herself ten minutes to calm down so she can make the call just to sort of you know mm. really give give a sort of a calmer and less sweary version of her thoughts on the yeah. monster that is Alistair Lloyd. Yes, that village needs a new vet. But how will that happen, if ever? Will he really majorly mess up? And I guess it has sort of happened, doesn't it? Because Jacob, we're forgetting about Jacob, aren't we? Oh, Jacob God, or, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Jacob, where's he? I like been? him. Yeah. Yeah, I liked him too. No human being in the world is more different to me than Jacob, and I like him for it. He's um, very sort of. I just like how matter of fact he is. How sort of unashamed, you know. He's he's. I like Jacob a lot, but um, but maybe for maybe for um, APC's sake and for our sake, maybe Alistair could sort of resign in shame because he sort of, I don't know, slathers some dying cow in tiger balm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he thinks and a it, cow is a horse. Or something. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> just it all goes absolutely pear shaped. <laughs> uh, Jen, uh, thank you for uh, your call regarding what happened on Friday. And I did send out a message on Twitter. I believe they called a tweet. I sent out a tweet. And uh, thanking everybody who'd emailed me, DM'd me, messaged me on Facebook. Uh, there was 
about 30 or so uh, direct messages from from listeners um, asking if I was all right and what a terrible you know beastly thing that uh, people did and um, it was uh, coordinated and um, and it's forced me to do a little bit of thinking so a bit of housekeeping first on Twitter um, what I do is um, on the run up to a, a Zoom show, I send out links uh, via DM to Dumdy Dummers, to people who I've actually uh, have DM'd me before or DM Dumdy Dum before. Now, in future, all I'm going to do is just DM the links to people who have the little um, flag icon. So the little flag of Nepal or the international sign of bunting. Uh, next to their name so that's a a little bit of security in effect it was going to act as a little blue checked verified sign that you really are a proper dumdy dumber i don't believe that the leak came from there but uh, you never know so if ever you needed a push and a prod if you listen to dumdy dum to put uh, the international sign of bunting on your on your name this is this is the time to do it i think we so should change like, it to pampas grass is there a pampas grass icon well, that I'm not doing that. peter, peter uh, let, let me just do this bit right because i have been meaning to say this for quite some time well I mean, it's just i don't do the, the jokes afterwards mate just let me just i just wanted to get rid of this and get back with the show uh so so that is that then um what i did do and this is possibly where the leak did come from there is a a forum called Mustardland, which is the one of the oldest archers forums. I did post the details there. It's something which I have done on occasion before, but um, I think it was Richard from Krakow, and there was somebody else basically did email me to say that what a lot of people do who try to zoom bomb is to um, scrape websites looking for zoom links. So it's possible and maybe probable that that, that's where the leak actually uh, came from. So it wasn't from anybody on Mustard Land. So I'm not impugning anybody on Mustard Land. It's it's an old and venerable archers uh, forum, Um, but it's possible uh, that even though you need to log on to to post, uh, I don't think you need to log on to view. I don't think, but I'm not quite sure, to be honest with you. So, So that's that. Um, I will continue to do the uh, the Facebook event stuff where I post the links, but even there, security can be tightened up. Uh, I'll make sure that those posts are not viewable to the public and only to people who are um, on Facebook. And the invites actually go out just to to dumdy dummers and to people who are interested in the archers. So um, for people that have asked, and, and I know a lot of people who've heard that what happened, um, I, these weren't fans of the Archers at all. So, And these were people who just wanted to Zoom bomb and then saw there was a black guy who was running the thing and then started chanting the N-word and were sufficiently coordinated so that they waited uh, about six minutes in before then uh, all hell letting loose and then went from one to the other, disrupting things, and uh, and were that smart that um, whilst I was still accepting new people into the group, one of them who I'd ejected managed to log back in and call himself Ben Norris, and of course we're interviewing Ben Norris, and because I'm admitting real uh, listeners into the group, I thought that maybe Ben had lost his internet connection, had logged back on and stuff, so... Um, 
nefarious they were, bastards they definitely are, and utter losers they most definitely are as well. But but it happened. To everybody that says they were horrified about the language that was used and stuff and the racial abuse, uh, being totally honest, um, and I did say this before all things kicked off, I wasn't really having the best of days for no other reason than I just wasn't. And um, to have that at that point, at the end of the show, I did actually get um, a little bit teary when, when, I, when, I, when I switched it off. And uh, when I told my old mum and, and my brother, and uh, my mum said, said she did actually log on to the recording, but it was afterwards. And she says, I would have had them with me handbag, son. No one's going to talk, talk to us like that way. And we had, a, we had a proper little laugh. And the truth of the matter is, if you are black, and you live in a society where you are in the minority, all of us have had some level of, of racial, racial abuse. Most of it's actually unwitting. Most of it is incredibly subtle. And when you get to the age of 52, it's very few people that call you a nigger to, nigger to your face uh, and then repeatedly call you a stupid fucking nigger. It doesn't really happen. Um, the last time that I had that level of um, abuse, well other than last year when it happened <laughs> on a Zoom call, was literally in the playground when I was about seven, uh, when you called a nignog and, and you looked like a pile of poo type of thing. And even then, I was sufficiently robust because of the parents that I had uh, to go sticks and stones, my, my bones, but words will never hurt me type of thing. I don't know why this got to me on Friday, but trust me when I say to everybody, um, all of your letters of support and of shock and horror that this, this thing goes on have really gave me um, a real pickup. So what I did at the end of the show, after getting all a bit kind of weepy, because I just think, bloody hell, I'm just trying to do a show and an interview about the archers. You know, why people got it in for me. They didn't have it in for me personally, but they are vile losers. And so I went for a walk to the local park, had an ice cream, spoke to my mum, my brother and some friends, and I felt a whole lot better. But definitely uh, the message is, uh, from everybody who's connected to uh, our wonderful community definitely helped pick me up. It wasn't a personal attack. It was just people who were utterly vile racists. And on the last point I would say is that um, social media has a lot to answer for in terms of uh, people feeling that they have the impunity to slag off, be vicious and just utterly vile uh, to their fe fellow brethren. brethren. And uh, it's something which I'm sure none of those four or five people who Zoom bombed the call would actually say to my face. But there is something about uh, social media and at the margins of it, not all of it, uh, the toxicity that it does actually breed that people feel emboldened to do this. So if you're right thinking, um, wherever you can, try and help to snuff out this type of bullshit basically civility is all as far as I'm concerned and just it does link on to something which I had to post and this was before Friday Zoom bump actually on Facebook where I very clearly said because uh, the, the the Facebook group is doing so well in terms of the amount of people that are there and who are messaging but we've got to keep the discourse civil we're talking about fundamentally about a show which is not real. Uh, and, you know, as much as we say it's a docudrama, Ambridge does not exist. Uh, we can have a little bit of a go about the characters, but regarding other dumpty dummers, we're incredibly civil. And some of the messages were very, were starting to veer off that and people start to have a go at each other. Utterly no. 
and I said this before Friday, I deleted a couple of messages. We're going to keep it incredibly civil. Uh, and, and let's remember that the Commons, the centre ground of where we are as citizens of whether it's Britain, America, Canada, New Zealand, wherever, is an important place to be, that we accept people for who they are, for what they are, and we don't throw insults, let alone racial epithets, at each other. And whenever we do see that people do that, we stamp on it full stop. All right, there you go. Ambridge Pony Club, thank you for that. Now we're going over to Jacqueline Berto. Can She's we please Britain. stop a minute, Royfield? Go on, go on. Is that okay? It's just like, yeah, yeah. that's hugely, you know, just to veer into a call after that massive, massive, massive speech. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. I wasn't expecting that. Uh, especially because you said before we started recording, uh, you didn't really want to cover it. So I'm just... No, I, I was... That was huge. Um, the, the thing was, not that I didn't want to cover it, I said there was a call. Jenny Corley had mentioned it, and I suppose it just triggered me. I don't think that I wear this whole kind of race thing on my shoulders. I don't think that I do. I don't even think, you know, it's not the most important thing about me. I'm a bloody five foot seven brummy bloke who thinks I'm totally unemployable yada 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 I'm English British and I'm black and I'm Jamaican the the, the that stuff doesn't doesn't come first but you just realize every now and then that people see you as other and different and as not equal and I forget this you know I forget this uh, you know and uh, and I was reminded in a very uh direct way on on you know yeah. Friday. I mean, Royfield, this is this can be on mic if you want it to, but I mean I felt I felt a bit victimized in that I feel that was my job to abuse you on air and that was taken away from me. And uh, you know, and that sort of that sort of I was rendered obsolete in, in my in my usefulness as a someone who sort of lambasts you and belittles you in public. Mm, well I yes mate, yeah, I know. And the the thing is there was also Benedict Hawkes was, was watching that. And I don't really know Bernadette. We've spoken once or twice directly. Um, but, you know, it's just enough of this. Just enough of this shit, right? And it's not by accident that the people feel emboldened to say this, that we have right-wing extremism and we have, you know, the country, uh, you know, scared about immigrants and people who are different and then these idiots feel emboldened it's these things actually are linked and i have been online uh from 1998 uh doing things ran an internet company etc i never had the amount of vitriol and abuse that i've had all that time until the last two or three years mm. you know the temperature of discourse is completely and utterly changing. Not for everybody, but we've got to be careful that we've got to recognise it where it is and then stamp it out at the fringes because it's seeping from the fringes into it is acceptable to go and do this type of thing. I'm not on about Zoom bombing. That's an, a completely and different malevolent kind of thing. I'm just going to ruin other people's fun. But they saw I was black. And uh, and decided to just call me the, the N-word repeatedly. I booted them out, then they came back and then called me a stupid fucking nigger. You, you know, and it's just like... Yeah, they had American accents, didn't they? Are you able to report it in any way? Have you captured any IP 
things or um, can Zoom no. see who entered the well, Zoom? Because my main thing would be, you know, it was fucking awful. I was, sorry for swearing, I was there and I felt horrendous. So good, goodness only knows how you felt. But my main thing is, is there is there a way to trace these individuals so that you can report them properly and maybe, you know, then their employer can know that they do this sort of stuff? As you know. far as I know, no. And Matthew Weir sent me a lovely message saying exactly the same thing. But funny enough, Richard from Cracker, who was uh, part of the Zoom call, he had actually arranged to speak to me at 12 o'clock uh, Californian time because he wants to talk to me about and he said go to zoom anyway and maybe they'll yeah. be able to log ip addresses yeah. so yeah people have been so lovely not only you know arms uh arms around me giving me virtual hugs but also with good practical advice since the initial zoom bombing um back last may i don't know how many of these zooms that i've done uh bearing in mind i do them for other podcasts as well but let's say that i've done 40 so you could take a view and say well if you've done 40 of these things uh, in in nine months, and you've had three Zoom bombs and then two bots of racist abuse. Oh well, that's part of the course, but no, right? We 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 kind of have to sort this out for no other reason than you know people had gathered, and as Jennifer said, she was there with her kids. There were two or three couples there and stuff who were just you know wanted a nice pleasant Friday, cup of tea, cup of cocoa, have a little bit of nice archers chat, and then all hell just like broke loose. I will up the security. Thank you, everybody, for all of your uh, kind words and advice as to how this can be done. So uh, sorry for the uh, monologue uh, forward slash mini rant forward slash plea to our better angels, folks. But now from that, we go to Jacqueline Berto, one of the OG, one of the original dum de dummers from Brittany in France. Bonjour, c'est Jacqueline Berto de Sangouin en Bretagne. I really love so much about the last week in Ambridge, especially as I've had a whole day last week to get up to date with my podcast listening. I felt as I'm really, I feel as though I'm really on the ball this week. Now, I'm sure lots of other cleverer colorinerers will have lots to say about the rewilding, threesomes, and Shula, but I want to talk about Pip. Now, for me, she's been confirmed as a self righteous, immature, whining little cow. I feel quite sorry for a car thieving daughter. <laughs> But Ruth, who I'm not normally a fan of, did manage to point out to her that she was, um, what was the expression? Taking her ball home, um, which is a very immature thing to do. And why would uh, Pip want to pull the rug out from under the under the feet of the rewilders? She Obviously, she's saying it isn't anything to do with uh, um, the battle that's going on between her and uh, the fair brother, but that's what it is. But I didn't think that she'd taken any notice of Ruth, uh, which she did, not acknowledging Ruth, saying that she had to um, uh, would have to refer it back to the family. She is so up her own bottom, that woman, <laughs> a girl, because she's not mature enough to be called a woman. Anyway, she did take a bit of notice of Ruth, which uh, I was pleased to note uh, in the end. Well, that's all me rambling on. Um, au revoir pour maintenant. <laughs> lovely, lovely, lovely to hear from you, Jacqueline Berthaud. Um, 
I remember hearing you when I used to listen to Dumpty Dum many, many moons ago. So I know you're an OG. Uh, yeah, Pip is a self-righteous cow with her car, <laughs> with her car thieving daughter. That was a funny one, wasn't it? Where they were talking about Rosie. Yeah, she keeps stealing stuff at the nursery, and uh, Ruth just went, oh, "That reminds me of you too, or something." Um, it was like, oh yeah, that's maybe not the right response to. I mean, she's only little, I know, kids do stuff, but that was funny to hear that thieving is fine. Jacqueline was quite, um, and, and rightfully, um, critical of Pip. But then she said that she thought Pip had learned a lesson from um, uh, uh, Ruth. And that's, that wasn't what I took away from it at all, because when she went to speak to Rex, wasn't she still sort of um, holding various decisions above him? Um, and yes, she agreed to go and speak to her solicitor, but I don't think it was all completely tied up, was it? Was there, was, wasn't there a little bit of wriggle room for her? And she was sort of saying, well, oh, I haven't made my mind up. That was as far as it got, really. Yes. Saying, yeah. I haven't quite decided. But then the rug was pulled from under her kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, I thought, I thought Rex dealt with her very neatly. Yeah. And I, I, I think that she probably will cave. But I, I guess what I'm saying is I didn't get the impression that she'd listened to Ruth. I felt it was as much that she didn't have the courage to... Uh, to um, basically continue to be unpleasant in the face of a very reasonable and polite Rex. Exactly. Rex was so polite. He he was like, um, just would like to know, is Oki Bank staying in the project? It is a, a key corridor kind of thing. And she went, you know, I've invested a lot into this. Yeah. Uh, got really on her high horse immediately. She invested a lot so that she could get a lot out of it, as we all do, you know, with, yeah. the, with these things. It, her, her involvement was entirely um, um, selfish. You know, the mm. brokering of the land was entirely for her own um, for her own good. The, um, but you two weeks ago, you were very complimentary, Kerry, about um, Rex just apologising to David mm-hmm. and saying, yeah, I got it wrong. I did. You know, it was my mistake. Was that was that who you were? But anyway, you, you were very complimentary about just being honest admitting you made a mistake and and i felt the same thing phoebe was like well let's just let um no it, who, who was who was it who took the clanking beers of apology round to someone's house oh that was josh yeah, yeah. that's who i was talking about yeah, yeah but the same thing applies that kind of uh, yes. rather than doing what phoebe suggested which is just and which is exactly what i would do which is just to kind of like hope it will just blows over and be a bit of a coward no mm-hmm. Like Josh, he went straight round and maybe he's paying it forwards. Josh went round to him. He's gone round to Pip and said, look, this is the situation. This is my concern. This is why I'm worried. And then and what's in and left her, you know, squirming on the hook. Yeah, I think genuine apologies don't happen enough. She is up her own arse. Oh, you said bottom. Sorry, Jacqueline. Yeah. What's the French for arse? I don't know. Well, if she's up her own arse, <laughs> then she doesn't need to do one of these menage a trois that's, you know, all the rage in the village because then um, she can sort of like, she's like one of those slugs, make love to herself. So appropriate. <laughs> is that the slug with the penis on its head? I, um, I literally read about that today. I think, yeah, I think slugs can, I think slugs can get it all done on their own, can't they? And then if they want to, they can, they can, you know, mm-hmm. find a partner. Well, we can all get it done on our own, can't we? Well, not with an end product. I suppose no. Sorry. No. Um, although, oh, breaking news ends what you think. There's an end product in the Thank end. You, yeah. Field, yeah. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> uh, just just because I, I know we have some um, some good Christian folk listening to this, so I'm just going to slightly reverse out of uh, a, you know a bit of conversation. Yes, you heard me. I'm, I'm slightly reversing out of this. Jacqueline Berto, thank you for that. Hello, Dumblings. It's Red Agnes here. Sorry I've not been in touch for a long while. Just got a little bit of any other business. I put you on my list after uh, going to the vet with the cat, reading the meters, 
and booking my breast and cervical screening cancer um, test. Not that you needed to know that, but I'll just share that with you anyway. <laughs> Not been in touch for a while, but I was getting a little bit wound up a couple of weeks ago when you were dissing rich tea biscuits. That is bang out of order. Uh-huh. Um, Mr and Mrs Red Agnes are very partial to packet of party rings well actually two packets of party rings one each, one each bit of catnip for us um who has a chunky kit cat lying around we've just had builders in and you've raised their expectations hugely the uh-huh. most i could manage was a couple of link ginger biscuits because we try not to have them in the house um the only other any other business i just wanted to put in was a couple of weeks ago brian was a complete arse to kirsty and i thought that was bang out of order again but then again, Kirsty was being a complete arse all by herself the other day. So they probably deserve each other. And in terms of which characters we like and don't like, they've got to be up for a laugh, haven't they? And they've got to laugh at themselves and have a bit of fun. And um, Sheila was going on about being humorless and having a bit of fun, and she couldn't have fun if her life depended on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and as for God, he's welcome to her. Um, hope that's okay. <laughs> See you <laughs> soon, and thank you for being there. Bye-bye. Hey, Red Agnes, welcome back. I know, you know, we all have lists of tasks, don't we, and things like slide down to um, the lower priorities. So it's really, really great to hear from you. Rich tea biscuits are revolting. Uh, ginger nuts for builders, fair enough. I would give ginger nuts to builders as well rather than eat them myself. So, <laughs> yeah, God is welcome to Shula. We agree. <laughs> <laughs> Red Agnes, your point about Shula and she wouldn't know fun if it slapped her in the face. I had written down on my notes for today about what would Shula consider to be fun? And in my mind, it would be things like, you know, having put the wrong saddle on a horse or wearing a bright cardigan by accident. How we laughed. I don't know. I can't think of the last time I heard Shula laughing about or at something. Oh, everyone's seen the hilarious picture of Daniel doing Movember, you know, or <laughs> Daniel this, Daniel that, or, you know. Christmas jumpers, all of the borrowed or sort of um, learnt humour. Hello, it's Dusty Substances here, the wrong sort of listener. Uh, first time for a while, so Happy New Year to everyone from me. Um, I've just listened to Monday's episode and I'm really cheered up because two very positive things have happened. First of all, Pip is going to pull out of the rewilding. And so I would like rewilding now to be an unmitigated success and to really piss Pip <laughs> off. I'd be absolutely thrilled about that. Uh, the other thing is that I think we're now being led to believe that Steph might have been uh, Freddie's conquest at the Isle of Wight Festival. And... Uh, that's really going to be awkward now, isn't it? So I can't wait for all of that. Anyway, that's it. Uh, love to you all and speak soon. Bye. Ooh, yes. Lovely, lovely to hear you, Dusty Substances. Um, I did wonder about that. Yes, of course, because, you know, she did say I've seen you before and they had the conversation, didn't they, about you were so kind, you walked us to the toilets with a torch. What she hasn't mentioned is that they might have had an experience together. And he did keep saying, oh, it was all a blur, didn't he? The festival. Mm. <gasps> Ooh. And then Lily said, Lily said, is she Vince in a dress? And he agreed and then backed out of it. 
Mm. Rejecting wildly, but I sort of get the impression that Steph is a very pretty, sort of gregarious, bubbly sort of um, person. So, so I, you know, I think Freddie would have done very well to um, uh, have a sort of um, on the way to the tent. Yeah, throwing up in front of the Kaiser Chiefs, or was and that she, that was his friend, wasn't it? Actually, with his pussy, his pussy weeping ear from having his, um, <laughs> you know, having it pierced. But, it was an eyebrow, Peter. Actually, he was much well, more oh, racy. Sorry, than, sorry, yeah. sorry. I'm yeah, <laughs> going a bit George Michael there, but um, yeah, I, I, she's very well written. The actress makes her, you know, makes her a lot of fun. I totally agree as well, Dusty. About Pip pulling out makes us long for it to be a massive success, so that she's really cheesed off. So Phoebe, it was wonderful hearing her skewer Justin, mm. but then also she was just she was such a mini Brian, wasn't she? But without yeah. the kind of without maybe this is sort of sexism because she's basically being Brian, but we don't forgive her. We, you know, we don't forgive her as easily or as instantly. I'm all for you know strong women in the boardroom and so on. Right. I think one of the things about why that f- sounded a bit odd was because she sounds about twelve when we forget that she's been to university and she has got some gumption, hopefully. I don't well, you know. sort of feel that metaphorically there's a zigzag of badly put on her mum's lipstick across her face and she's <laughs> flopping around in a kind of pair of high heels that are five sizes too big. Yeah, she's wearing yeah. those sort of like jewellery things that you used to get in the shop for Clip-ons, about a few quid behind the plastic thing. Um, yeah, I think it was to do with that. She sounded so, so very immature when saying those lines. Yeah, uh, I was all for what she was saying. It was great, wasn't it? It was. It was weird to have two such strong emotions happening at exactly mm. the same. Like, go, go on, girl, get in there, and at the same time, oh, for God's sake, you're awful. Yeah, I did love Brian's. Um, I've got three points to tell you. Uh, I'm not a dinosaur. That was the first one. Um, I called the meeting, so I decide who attends. And oh, and I've got a lot to that? offer. And then he said, I've, yeah, and then he said, there's four things, wasn't it? Because then he said rather ominously at the end, I think I've come in just, you know, I've got involved just in the nick of time. Oh. Yeah. So, you know, so maybe rewilding is now in, um, is now very much in Brian's purview. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Wow, yeah. I used the word purview rather than necessarily there. Lovely. Yeah. <laughs> Peter purview. Uh, Auntie Kerry, do we have any <gasps> emails? Ooh, you surprised me again because I didn't know that was the last person calling. You know me. what? I tell you what, because I did just do a handbrake turn. So whilst you find them, I will mm-hmm. do that link again. I mean, there's only so, one, but you know, <laughs> yeah, it's anyway, not hard to find. It. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll do the link anyway. So there you go, folks. There were the, the caller in. As we ended up with Dusty, the OG. Now it's emails with an H. Auntie Kerry Warburton, do we have any emails? We do. We have the one email, which is from Marjorie from Sussex. What a lovely county that is. So she says, um, she goes straight in with Royfield. Can you please stop asking poor Philippa to read out emails from people saying how much they particularly like the other co-hosts? Are you doing this deliberately? (laughs) Um, Yes, poor Philippa. I have thought the same thing. Yeah, a bit awkward. Um, secondly, is it just me or is The Archers the most exciting it's been for years? So many plot lines, so many brilliant scenes and acting and great little snippets of humour too. Best line from this week was, no Kasha, what's your dad got on his bucket list? And then Tom saying, knowing dad, 
probably a new bucket. <laughs> yes, that was cor a corker. Or is the archers actually as boring as ever, but it's just that nothing else is happening in our lives? Oh, that's dark. Mm, so it's all relative. Finally, just a thought, but if we take out the class issue, aren't Vince and Nigel pretty similar characters? Lizzie sort of said this when she said that Vince makes her laugh like Nigel used to. Oh, take care, Marjorie. Did she did she say that? Didn't hear that. I, I mean she definitely I think said she, did she said she makes she makes she did her. say he makes me laugh. I don't think she said like Nigel. Yeah. But anything that's making Lizzie laugh, that's a good thing, isn't it? I'm gonna say it again, I love Vince so much. I get quite cross when I see people criticizing him on Twitter. There you go, folks. There, there are your emails uh, or email, singular. Uh, if you'd like to send us uh, an email, quite simply go on to dumdedum.com and uh, go to contact us. Write us an electronic missive, which we will then read out in the next episode. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Now it's a social media roundup, and it's from the Upper Lower East West Side. Dumpty Dummers, this is Witherspoon and Angus Haggis with the Social Media Roundup. Or as Tom Hanks would say in his new movie, I bring you the news of the world. First, the weather report. Last weekend, England was excited by a bit of the white stuff. Sean Coleman and Teresa Nahashki shared photos of snow-covered houses and our Glynn posted pics of snow-covered fields and hills. Happy winter, everyone! A very busy week in Ambridge and on Facebook began with Pip being Pip. I invited all to vent their frustrations. There were many comments with hardly a one in support of her. Rob's Schoes wrote, I think this episode demonstrated Pip's lack of character and integrity. Laura Jackson noted, if nothing else, Pip demonstrated that she couldn't give a shit about the rewilding project. She is truly a horrible person. Tommy Krausen pointed out that Pip was acting like a spoiled child, much like her own daughter. And Drew Hamilton represented those who hadn't yet listened to the episode, but were still happy to pile on Pip at any opportunity. While Pip was annoying us, we were introduced to Vince's daughter, Stephanie, or Steph, with a PH or F. She gave hints of being a naughty troublemaker as Mozart's Queen of the Night was playing in the background while she flirted with Freddie. Darcy Jorgensen warns him to beware of her. Our dusty substances postulated that Steph and Freddie may have had a dalliance on the Isle of Wight, but that young Parchador was too intoxicated to remember. However, later in the week we learned that wasn't the case, as a shocked Freddie was invited by Steph to take a walk on the wild side. Pete Ranson pointed out that he called it before the rest of us found out musing whether Steph was part of the West Midlands swinger scene. I put on my psychiatrist hat and asked, does wanting to have sex with the son or daughter of the woman your father is having sex with feel a little competitive? Freudian? Incestuous? Richard Beveridge replied, all of the above. On Tuesday, all I had to do was put up a post about Tom for another avalanche of responses to appear. Adrian D.C. wondered whether he would start seeing Kirsty behind Natasha's back. Melly McMerryweather thought he was both condescending and patronizing. Stephen Bowden found Tom to be as solipsistic as his sister Helen. I had to look that word up. Fiona Crawford did give Tom some credit for suggesting he and Natasha give his father a bucket for his birthday. Tom had another bad day on Thursday. But as he was getting ready to abandon Kirsty again, Natasha stepped into the breach and accompanied Kirsty without judgment. This pleasantly surprised some people, such as Lillian McCarthy and Helen Salim, who said that she was starting to become a fan. I pointed out that Natasha had demonstrated empathy and kindness in previous instances as well. Shula once again came in for a lot of criticism. Early in the week, Wendy Rowcroft suggested she take a crash course in boundaries and that she should think longer before she speaks. Michael Wheelock thought Shula should give up breathing for Lent. That's a bit harsh, Mike. Later in the week, though, Freddie forgave Shula and asked her mom to do so, and I asked if we could as well. 
Lillian McCarthy said she could, and on Saturday, Marion Barton posted that she thought Shula did the right thing in visiting Philip. Many opinions from the many dumpty dummers. Finally, a post about the Battle of the Dinosaurs, Brian versus Justin. Most supported Brian and thought he would be helpful to Phoebe. Jillian Holmes said Brian might be a dinosaur, but he's our dinosaur, bless him. One dispatch from our friends at the Academic Archers, Christine Armstrong raised a good point for discussion. She thought the scriptwriters were demonizing the homeless for repeatedly having Kirstie's friends warn her that what she was doing was dangerous. This led to many responses, mostly in agreement with Christine. Please check them out on their Facebook page. Finally, I should note that the now not-so-new Dumpty Dum Facebook group is up to 1,100 members. We invite everyone from our community to join. And as Royfield said, remember, when you do post, play nicely with others and be kind. Talk to you soon. Thank you for that, Mr. Spoon. Uh, Peter, it's your time, sir, and I know you are going to shine. I did not mean for that to rhyme at all. Purely a slip. Anyway, Peter, I'm backing off. The spotlight, spotlight is yours, sir. Go for it. Well, I chinned in last week and I thought the um, the podcast in general, what would you say, Kerry, out of 10? I'm, I'm giving it, I, was the, I really, really enjoyed it. I'm going to give it, a, I'm going to give it a solid nine. Yeah. <laughs> What's the one? What's the one out of 10 that dropped it? Well, I think we all know it's Quentin's poor showing on Twitter of the Week. Um, he did this weird kind of Sister Wendy impersonation where he was kind of taking us around some kind of imaginary art gallery talking about a bunch of pictures on tweets <laughs> for a couple of minutes. That was, um, I mean, you know, I think reti- retirement is taking the, you know, the uh, the, the, the the edge off the once um, sort of cutting wit of this former sort of BBC Leviathan. And anyway, um, Quentin, you can do better. <laughs> so uh, what I've got is, is I've uh, I've taken the liberty, like um, Philippa has, I've slightly tweaked the format. We've got gold, silver, and bronze. But if you two will be show some good manners, pay attention, mm-hmm. and I'll show some appreciation for all three of the tweets. There is a a bonus tweet from a bit buddish I'm willing to throw in. I don't, you don't have to laugh, just be decent and honest, right? <laughs> no pressure. No, exactly. As I said, all I, all I want is an honest and polite response rather than what I normally get. Because <laughs> the one thing Philippa and um, Quentin do get is good manners. <laughs> so in bronze position, as is traditional, Andrew Davidson at Andy Make the Tea says... Oh, that old saving your marriage by helping your husband's ex-fiance to find some victims of modern slavery cliche never gets old, does it? <laughs> yes, that is good. Yeah. Okay. Right. So on, onwards and upwards. With, um, a bit buddish. You might be. You know. You might be happening. So purple pumpkin at purple pumpkin sixty three. You can see I'm really I'm leaning on all the old favourites here, Carrie. <laughs> Not taking any chances. No um, shame in that. I'm actually really glad someone in Ambridge is getting their end away in an unconventional, unmarried, non-straight way, even if it is only Steph Minstotier Casey. Steph what? Minstotier, like you know, like um, like uh, like Nord, like like Scandinavia, like um, uh, you know, like uh, uh, Svensson or um, no, Minstotier. Didn't understand that. Sorry. Okay. Sorry, Vince. Sorry. 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 I mean, sorry, a bit buddish. Oh, maybe next week. Maybe another couple of weeks. All right. But thank you. Thank you. You were nice, Kerry. You weren't as mean as you normally are. So that's good. Oh, and I'm silent. Gold. I'm do- at least yeah. saying something. Boy, boy, Listen, 
Kerry, I'm glad you said you didn't understand that because <laughs> if you didn't, I most definitely was never going to understand that. <laughs> at least we know. At least we know Royfield hasn't succumbed to his medication. He's still with okay. us. That's good. Right yeah. here we are, John Porter at Pie and a Pint. Surely you can't just abandon a rewilding project. That would mean all the rewilded areas would simply be left alone. And uh, oh, yes, 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 love it. Makes sense. Very clever. Uh-huh. Very clever. I can remember seeing that one. Great. There you go. And then um, someone very clever and witty said afterwards, you'd have nests of ter- pterodactyls popping up in no time. Well, hey, dinosaur reference. Yeah. Love it. Do you, well, do you feel you deserve the, Vin- the Vince Buddish one? Or is that... Well, I think the world deserves it. Yeah. So a bit Buddish has said, I'm Buddish, at I'm Buddish. Elephant in the room. Blimey, how much rewilding is too much? Well done. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> No, that was good. I thought that was quite good. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I mean, I do, I do get how it must have been timely to the tweet along, but um, anyway, you know, I'm sorry. I've let everyone down. <laughs> I, came in, oh. I came in with all that bombast. This is what you two do to me. And if I listen next week and Philippa is not doing <laughs> tweets, then that's it for me. I'm done. So listen, I will happily pick the tweets, but you two are not laughing people. I but, I but I do at least give an honest bit of feedback afterwards. Mm. I think I you mean, need to pop your knitted trunks on and have a word with yourself. Oh, it's just Royfield's there in the background like a dying star just sucking in matter. You're, <laughs> you know, because you're such a gregarious and laughing person, when you don't laugh, it's agonising. <laughs> anyway, brilliant. Tweet of the week. Woohoo! Folks, uh, I'll tell you what you can do. Uh, why don't you go to dontrum.com when this episode is posted, write a mm. comment about Peter's excellent choices of tweets of the week. There's also other things you can do. You can also go to the shop, you can buy some stuff, but more importantly than that, you can join us on Tractor, the social network for fans of the Archers. Uh, sign up, hit, hit the register link over there on the top right and uh, tell us uh, when you started listening and it pins you to the map. The whole point is, is that then uh, when the coronas are over, when the COVIDs are done, we've all got our jabs and the world goes back to normal. You can go out and chill out and walk your dogs with other fans of uh, the Archers and with Dumby Dum. And we have over a thousand people have signed up throughout planet Earth. Very obviously, we're top heavy in Britain, loads of us in America, quite a few in Australia. Uh, and there is more than just a smidgen of us in Canada. But other bits of the globe need filling in too. So uh, if you're in Holland, we have three members in Holland. They're all geographically quite close to each other. Why don't you go on to dumdum.com, sign up for Tractor. But I tell you what you need to do. If you are saying to yourself, I've already done that, uh, you probably haven't done it to the best of your abilities. Upload a profile pic so we can see what you look like, a happy, smiley uh, face of a dumdy-dummer. But uh, as important as that, you can go back and edit your profile. If you've ever called in, why don't you uh, give yourself the caller in or an icon? If you've ever been to a dum dum live or a meetup, etc., there are basically things it can do to pimp your profile. So please go off and do that and uh, pimp your profile as much as you can and get it all ready for the post-corona world. Supporting this podcast can be done numerous ways. You can write us a review on Apple iTunes. Write us a review. I quite like five stars, but I will accept constructive criticism as long as that criticism is constructive another way you can support the show is by going to patreon.com and we have some 200 and plus odd patrons which is all rather lovely and what they do is they contribute two dollars per episode and um it's just um a great way of showing your support 
for the podcast. We know not everybody has got money to spare, so it's not obligatory. But if you do have a little bit of spare money, uh, you can support the podcast that way because it means that we can develop things like Tractor that I talked about before. So remember to get in contact. You can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on the website or call 0203 031 3105 to leave a message. And of course, folks, uh, Twitter um, is um, at the nexus of most things dum-de-dum-esque. Now, I'm T. Kerry. Where can people find you on Twitter? Oh, I am findable at Kerry Warbis, which is K-E-R-I-W-A-R-B-I-S. How about you, Mr. Fickling? At Pete Fickling. Smashing. And uh, you can find us collectively at dum de dum uh, and I've got to say a special big ups to uh, Purple Pumpkin, Pat Brown and to Ambridge Pony Club, who, as we speak, are tweeting on behalf of the good ship Dum Dum. And they took over the reins just yesterday. So you'll actually have some life coming from that. They're account. doing a cracking job. They are indeed. Uh, now, uh, Facebook did mention Facebook earlier before. If you like Facebook, you're probably on Facebook. If you're not on Facebook, it's probably because you don't like Facebook. But if you are on Facebook, why don't you type in Dum Dum and be part of the goings on with Dum Dum on said self same social media platform. Big up to the Flick at Posse. This week on Sunday, we have another film club and we are analysing, enjoying, chewing the fat over the film Dig. It's one of the many reasons to go onto the Flick app and to partake in a little bit of Flick app action. New thread on the Flick app, Dum De Mums. If you've got um, a mum that you love, and I think most of us have, uh, and maybe even if your mum has passed away, it's a lovely way just to memorialise your mum by uh, taking a picture of your mum when she was all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and posting it to Dum De Mums. Um, my mum's on there. Phoebe Bagalili's mum's on there. Audrey Corubius's mummy's on there. Why don't you go onto the Flick app, post a pic- picture of your mum and memorialise her on Dumdy Mums on the Flick app. It's the end of the show, you pair. I do not know what piece of music we're going to play out to. Uh, so I'm throwing out uh, the suggestion hat. Pete Thicken, what do you reckon? Oh, Blue Monday, New Order. Why not? Classic. Oh, Oh, it's a banger, isn't it? Uh, and just whilst we're here, Peter, you did say that the new Twitter team are doing a corking job. So much so that just flashed up on my phone has been the results from Ambridge Analytica. And the most prolific tweeters in the last 24 hours have been at dum dum So behind me are the strains of Manchester's blue... Uh, blue <laughs> <laughs> Let's so, have a new Monday. Blue Blue Order sounds like a Bernard Manning um, LP. Yeah, <laughs> a bit of blue for the dubs. Blue. Yeah. <laughs>